Good morning and buenos dias to everybody. It's after all a very good morning here in Southern California. Los Angeles, California. Ay, my dog, Scooby. Los Angeles, del cielo de la Virgen de Guadalupe. At least that's what my mother believes. My sweet mother. And if my mother says that it is indeed that, then I'll go along with that. Jordan Peterson. I'm sure that you must have heard about Jordan Peterson already and perhaps have heard some of his talks and dialogues on YouTube. This last week I was listening to a dialogue that he had with Susan Blackmore. And I believe that Susan is considered uh, as being part of and the only female in that uh, new group of, I think they're called the New Atheists. Uh, I think the group is composed of people like Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris and Daniel Dennett and uh, Christopher Hitchens. And I think one of them died already, perhaps. Uh, was it Richard Dawkins that died? Well, anyways. So, um, this talk, this dialogue was on this YouTube channel called uh, Unbelievable. And a friend of mine said, hey, uh, this talk is pretty good. Why don't you, you should listen to it. I think you would find it interesting. So I did. And the title of the talk is, Do We Need... Do we need God to make sense of life? And perhaps it might cross your mind that uh, why am I talking about Jordan Peterson, given that this is a channel that's supposed to be dedicated to uh, the teachings of Chogyam Prupa? Well, the answer to that, at least for me, is pretty simple. These teachings are supposed to be relevant, relevant to humans in all ages as far as I'm concerned. But this could even change, right, if the fundamental way that humans suffer changes as a consequence of emerging technologies that might uh, alter our very genetic structure. But uh, that's <laughs> we're, I think we're quite a ways from that still. So, um, yes, these teachings of Chogyam Trungpa should uh, address current topics, current topics that are being discussed by lots of people, and uh, Jordan Peterson is one of those present day and age people that is provoking lots of <clears throat> topics that are relevant to society. So currently there's this back and forth between Jordan Peterson and especially Sam Harris and some other members of this new atheist group, which I believe uh, you know Susan Blackmore is one of them. And this back and forth revolves around the question of well, at least one component of it, the, the question of can, uh, or is, is it possible to build an ethic 
on strictly based on rationality. You know? And Sam Harris, I believe, believes that. And Jordan Peterson does not seem to, to go with that, does not uh, believe that that's possible. And um, in this dialogue, uh, that is uh, what is brought up. But uh, interestingly, it leads into uh, indirectly talking about uh, uh, Buddhism because uh, Sam Harris meditates and um, he uh, often talks about uh, meditation during his talks. And he even has uh, an app right now that, um, you know, is supposed to help people meditate. And Anyhow, during one back and forth between Susan and Jordan, and as a response to Jordan having said that, you know, you, you can't build a, an ethic based on, on rationality. And I think he said a transcendent ethic. Uh, and he said that one of the reasons he felt that uh, was not possible is that uh, it's just not self-evident. And Jordan goes on to say, essentially, that the content of a strictly, you know, ethic based on rationality is uh, the existential content is rather hollow, which makes sense, right? You you can't capture stuff like love and uh, caring for people and all of a whole bunch of other uh, human uh feelings and qualities that are self-evident but not necessarily uh, rational. And on top of that, after all, you can come up with a lot of freaking wacky stuff, right? Just strictly based on on rational decision-making that are not going to be good for humans. You know, you can justify a lot of nonsense strictly just, uh, you know, based on reasoning. Uh, in response to this, Susan said, well, you know, I've been talking to Sam, and Sam meditates, and Sam has shared with me that as a result of his meditation practice and uh, the ability of being able to to see directly the thinking process, that uh, the out- one of the outcomes of that is that compassion and kindness uh, naturally arise and in context, what Susan was communicating to Jordan was that, okay, perhaps you can't build a transcendent ethic just strictly based on, on rationality, but perhaps we can build one based on compassion and on kindness. And here, Susan is referencing Buddhism indirectly. Sam Harris meditates. He's known to have done lots of uh, retreats with uh, uh, the Theravadan tradition, and this compassion and kindness stuff obviously is uh, being connected with Buddhism. To this, Jordan Peterson says, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to work out. You know, I just don't think that compassion or kindness um, constitutes a sufficient grounds for a transcendent ethic. Not in the least, he says. Compassion, after all, is associated with trade agreeableness, fundamentally, and agreeableness is known to be a good short-term strategy for infants, but it's a bad medium to long-term strategy for adults. And by this, Jordan 
is referring to how it is that you can't have people strictly just, you know, based on being nice and courteous to one another and kind and considerate and sensitive with each other as you can't have that as, as the basis for the needs of a complex society. And he even mentions that uh, this is, after all, what's uh, the problem with the present uh, political correctness types that are high on compassion, uh, but that research shows, he says, that, well, it just does not meet the needs of a sophisticated society. Okay, and Susan Blackmore had no response to this because, after all, Susan doesn't... She has, she's clueless about meditation. You know, and none of these new uh, atheists, um, exception is Sam Harris, bother sitting. You know, it's for them, for the most part, it's all about the mental jerk-off. And... You know, that's that's their world, and so they have no idea what compassion or kindness in Buddhism is grounded on, and neither does Jordan. Additionally, when Susan mentioned kindness and compassion as having been shared with her by Sam Harris, she had no idea what he was referring to. She was totally clueless about how it is that Sam Harris, because he does practice meditation, his experience as an outcome of that is that he discovered, has discovered, that when one seizes struggle, fundamental struggle with one's existence, kindness and compassion do naturally shine forth. Not as an outcome of having engaged your thought process, like Susan believes, but it's more like you stop struggling with your fundamental existence and you stumble upon something that's there already, that is always there, and that you absolutely had nothing to do with making it possible other than just stepping out of out of the way. Now look, I, I like Jordan. I think that what he's doing is needed in our present day and age. How can it be a bad thing? Right? The guy is uh, onto something. He's speaking about issues that are relevant to humans. And you know, the more that we engage these kind of ideas, these kind of concerns, the better. Um, at least that's how uh, I feel about it. And in all fairness to Jordan, you just can't be an expert on every single you know, human topic on every single human religion of the world, that's not his specialty. So uh, I totally understand that uh, he's not, uh, he doesn't understand Buddhism well. You know, his specialty is Judeo-Christianity, and that's where he's coming from. And that's why for him, this transcendent ethic needs to be rooted in Judeo-Christianity. And for him, there is no alternative. And for Jordan... The only ethic that can be developed that is truly transcendent has to be connected with ultimate truth, with reality itself. And that is to say, for Jordan, that uh, it's connected with the divine, at least the divine 
as Judeo-Christianity is in contact with. And it's in contact with this right version of the divine because of its uh, written tr tradition. Uh, it's a tradition of the book. It's a tradition of this this logos that uh, Jordan mentions. And this uh, logos thing is, uh, as I understand it, is somehow the ability through speech, uh, through communication, and I think this could be through, obviously, the written word, that one is able to address uh, ultimate truth, the divine. Through this logos, one is able to bring forth, as Jordan mentions, habitable and good order from the chaos of potential. Okay, obviously there's more that Jordan can say about all of this, but for our purposes, this is more than enough. If Susan here had asked Jordan, okay, Jordan, so you can, uh, because of this Logos thing, you are able to bring this habitable and good order out of chaos of potential. And what what does that look like? What does that taste like? What does that feel like? You know, as far as humans are concerned, and they live with one another. Jordan would have no alternative but to have said, well, um, you know, I guess that's expressed in uh, things like uh, love and kindness and humility and patience and benevolence and, you know, all, all of those good human touchy-feely stuff that Jesus recommends that uh, humans practice with one another. So, now, finally, about that Buddhist compassion. Buddhist compassion is always going to be rooted in suffering and helping people understand why they suffer, the root causes of what gives rise to, to suffering in their lives, and also it's going to be grounded in helping people move in the direction of experiencing directly, building that capacity to experience directly uh, suffering in their lives so that they are able to liberate themselves from that. So, keeping this very much in mind, being sympathetic with people, having that touchy-feely quality of accommodating people's sources of suffering and having us be understanding and uh, considerate of that and uh, expressing concern for that and, and doing our best to express to people that are suffering for any one given reason or another that, you know, we, I'm there with you in that suffering and I'm going to help you somehow resolve the source of that suffering for you so that I'm going to be there. I'm going to be your compadre, your comadre with you on this source of suffering, this thing that inflicted pain and suffering for you. And, uh, you know, we're going to be comrades with this suffering 
and we are going to especially perhaps uh, it would be good if we could you know obliterate that source of suffering right somehow destroy it so that it doesn't do that for you again ladies and gentlemen that is not Buddhist compassion <laughs> no And there's even a description of this kind of false, right, pretending, pretense kind of compassion that is pretty well known in Buddhist circles, and it's known as idiot compassion. Chogim Trumpa Rinpoche, when addressing idiot compassion, says, idiot compassion which is compassion with neurosis, a slimy way of trying to fulfill your desire secretly. This is your aim, but you give the appearance of being generous and impersonal. Look, um, unfolding this one quote from Chogyam Trimpa Rinpoche is going to be different for you and for me and you know, we're going to have different, slightly different variations of it. Just, you know, there's just so much that is contained here. But, you know, from my own point of view, uh, each time I have attempted to accommodate people's suffering in this manner, it just doesn't seem to go very far. And... I continue to, uh, well, revisit with this person or people the same territory, and they continue to express the same hurt and the same um, suffering, because they're stuck, and they don't have the, the tools, they're not equipped to, well, to go forward with their life. And it's almost, you know, too much to uh, uh, to be there with them with with that that pain. And I personally, you know, have often capitulated to that, and I'm just too shy to share with them, or too cowardly. I don't know what to share with them what uh, I know that would be good uh, to share with them. And that is uh, some the basic tools, basic instructions, a basic understanding about their life that uh, if applied would be no doubt uh, very helpful. So strictly speaking for myself, Every time I have shied away from sharing with people what could uh, truly be helpful if they apply, and instead I, I do something else because I have lacked the skillfulness or the, um, the generosity you know, to go forward into that properly, 
well, it hasn't worked out, and it feels like uh, you're actually running away from um, from something. You you almost like can't stand or you know their pain, their suffering, their anguish, and it's almost too much to to deal with to to address, and it's becomes easier to accommodate that it becomes easier to enable that and so you you communicate to them this other touchy feely kind of i'm with you right i am your compadre and comadre in this suffering that you are experiencing and at the same time you're doing jack shit about equipping them empowering them with what they can use to liberate themselves from that suffering yes and that is uh, idiot compassion. So, no wonder Jordan Peterson responded to Susan Blackmore like this, because for Jordan, well, this kind of kindness and compassion is, as he really wanted to say, just too weak. It doesn't address real world concerns, the concerns of a complex society, because it's not coming from truth. It's not coming from a transcendent source. For him, again, right, it's going to be that logos, that being able to speak forth, right, out of the potential of, of chaos, uh, something that is orderly, something that works, that addresses justice and uh, empowers people with being able to, you know, as individuals, as being able to get their own house in order, their own lives in order. And obviously, as far as interpreting Buddhist kindness and compassion as he did, well, Jordan Peterson is just off. He just doesn't understand where Buddhist kindness and compassion is grounded on. He has no idea that compassion is grounded on how the world is that uh, all things in life are interdependent, that nothing exists on its own, that there is no one place to get stuck on because there's plenty of room to, to move with one's states of mind, even if these states of mind are painful and it causes uh, all this suffering. And that when we come in contact with this interconnectedness of uh, the world and ourselves and these very states of, of mind, that we discover that when we learn to cease struggling, that we can move forward in life, even with uh, out of situations that uh, are traumatic and uh, seemingly unmovable, and that the that over identification of who and what I am with certain states of mind that uh, we continue to revisit because of what happened to us, that even those st that identification, that solid identification with 
that is what I am, that is what I feel that I am, uh, that even that can be loosened up and it dissolves when we are equipped with these tools of that uh, understanding that is very helpful, that guides our practice, and by being able to cease on that struggle that makes possible our ability to look at that thing, that pain that uh, is uh, causing us so much anguish, and when we rest with that, with that training that allows us to look at that directly, it dissolves on its own and uh, we move forward uh, without uh, being obstructed. So Jordan has no idea of what what is that and that that is what Buddhist compassion and kindness is grounded upon. And that you know, when we're able to do that, that then, yes, that kindness and compassion just expresses itself naturally and we are simply able to be kind to ourselves and kind to people and which is really no different from that Christ-like and Christian kindness and generosity and humility that he should and is familiar with. So that is it for this and that should do it for today. Thank you ladies and gentlemen. If you so choose to, subscribe to this podcast channel so that when I share the next episode with you, and I will, you don't miss it and you are notified. Hasta la vista, amigos and amigas.